It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Actually, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Bachelor Hour. This is Gerald Cook on this ninth day of February 2015. We're here with our host, Jay Bassler, and stretcher technician. Stretch, he's out of Arkansas down there. Uh, Mr. Bassler, Jay Bassler, he's out of Kentucky, and I'm from Missouri, and uh, Berta Simmons in there with us today. She's out of New York. Uh, hi, Gerald. I'm from uh, the North Pole. The North Pole. I bet it feels like the North Pole up there. It is. The visibility, I can hardly see 600 feet down the road. We've got a lot of snow up here. A lot of snow. uh, Yep. Well, you you do me a favor, Berta. Keep it up there. Keep it up there, please. (laughs) 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 Oh, heck, I thought I could sell some of it. Well, uh, the only white, the only white I want to see is a white sand somewhere on a beach. Yeah, I hear, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> How's everybody well, doing today? Doing good, uh, John. Wasn't we going to do some discussing on uh, getting second opinions from from your doctors? Yeah, I mean it's kind of a. Uh, kind of a couple of events have happened in the, recently that uh, have led me to question uh, the level of care folks are receiving at the VA MCs. I uh, know if you go to the VA and uh, say, for example, they take an x-ray and they find a spot or something on your lung, you know, follow-up's the biggest thing because that spot could be nothing or it could be anything. It could be lung cancer. And usually they're pretty good about following up, but folks, sometimes they don't. Sometimes you fall through the cracks. And it's imperative that, you know, if they won't follow up, you know, you ask them to help you follow up with it. But if they don't follow up in a certain amount of reasonable amount of time, which is I'd give it 30 days, I would be going outside getting second opinion on getting getting the x-rays done and stuff because sometimes if you've got a serious issue and they miss it or they, they fiddle around with it, then basically they've killed you. And uh, so it's always imperative, no matter what your circumstances are or what your situation is, if you've got something that could be life-threatening, serious, always go see it, get a second opinion, and preferably do it outside the VA. Absolutely. Yep, I mean, that's I've done it before. I know you've done it, Gerald. Yes, I have. You know, I know you've done it, you know, and I'm, I'm sure Bert has even had it done before. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I did, John. My first, uh, uh, my FTCA case, an 1151 case in 1998, uh, I relied on my own late medical te- uh, statements and evidence, and I won. But mm-hmm. I had a lot of research and work to do without, you know, I didn't even know what an independent medical doctor could do for me in those days. But you're right. Yep. Uh, you're right. It, it's practically mandatory today. Uh, yep. I saw my PCP uh, Thursday. Got a great checkup. I don't have to go back for a year. But believe me, I read over every single medical record that she develops for me. She's a female doctor. Yep. I read everything. And if I don't understand it, I get on the Internet or I write it down and I call her up and I ask her, you know, what's this, what's that. Uh, anything strange. Uh, uh, the thing is, when my husband was misdiagnosed by the VA, we believed the diagnosis that they gave him. We figured, they're the doctors. You know, we're not. We never questioned uh, early diagnosis that he got uh, early on when he started working over here at the Bath VA. Uh, he would be alive today if we had gotten right out of that medical system. Uh, Absolutely. In his, and in, in his case, uh, my first piece of evidence was an ER certificate where they said right there uh, that they were going to do a cardio workup, and they kept saying, rule out cardio problems, this and that. They had an abnormal EKG that they had just done. They didn't tell him any of that. 
they told him he had a sign inspection here too. He said, "Go home, stay with the well, Lord." Well, Berta, uh, Berta, don't don't you think that uh, uh, had, had he been in a position to know that uh, he should have got a second opinion, uh, he would have gotten had, one. He would have gotten one. Absolutely. The uh, doctor Absolutely. makes a, uh, makes a serious, uh, life-threatening diagnosis uh, yeah. on a yeah. patient. They ought to refer him, say, now, don't take my word for this. Get a second opinion. Yeah. I would yeah. consider that doctor being worthy salt. But uh, well, what, uh, in, in, in case of your husband, uh, where they... <laughs> They didn't tell him that. Matter of fact, they just totally misdiagnosed him. Uh, how many veterans do we have in the graveyard out here that yeah. are, are there due to the same set of circumstances? I mean, might be different ailments, but it, it, it's just uh, sloppiness. It, it's incompetence. It's, it's criminal. Yeah. It's criminal, it's not, murder. And it's not it, just the VA, Gerald. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Well, but I know I it, put, it's not only the VA. I have to agree with you there. And but, I'm not uh, I picking think on the VA because they're a bunch of lousy scoundrels. Uh, yeah. I, you know what well, I their mean? Do- their doctors do not have to pay malpractice insurance. Uh, and the way uh, the VA protects their doctors is very very interesting uh, the way they do it and the, the thing is 1151 awards are not public if they are awarded at the regional level so we really don't know how many veterans they harm or kill with malpractice well, and uh, it's, it's just no way it's not numbers are high yeah oh I'm yeah. sure I'm sure I think we need to ask for that information to become public yeah See, my husband. Will you put them numbers out? Would the BA put those, be good enough to put those numbers out? I know you keep a good, accurate record. Yeah, well, I think all the Freedom of Information Act should have to divulge that information. It's not secret. Well, they should have to divulge it. Yes, they should. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've but, contacted the secretary about it, and he has not responded to me in two months. I thought that was very interesting that he didn't respond at all. But I also did get three letters on three FOIAs I have out uh, that indicate to me these are uh, Freedom of Information Act letters that I sent to three separate entities in the VA, and they're all passing the buck on the other department. It's kind of funny and numerous. But uh, uh, what is interesting, uh, I think that a lot of that information will come to light. It will come out... You know, this stuff does get revealed to the public. Uh, the PVA, uh, now one of the Freedom of Information Act officers, uh, she released to me immediately a whole bunch of stuff from the PVA. But these are 1150 awards that are documented. And they're public knowledge. So I already had most of what she gave me, but I pre- appreciate the work that they did. Uh, but uh, to, to get back to these issues... Um, yeah, any time a veteran is concerned, John, you're right. They've got to get a second opinion. And what a problem I've had over the years that had it, and even locally, is that, uh, you know, people will start talking to me, oh, I think the VA uh, misdiagnosed me or the malpractice me, blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, only a real doctor, depending on can determine. You know that can go both ways. That can, that, huh? that can go both ways. That can go both ways because yeah. what you realize, uh, for example, uh, back in 2004, 2005, uh, an old veteran was diagnosed with, uh, uh, they said he had a very strong chance of having uh, a type of cancer. And uh, so he went and got a second opinion outside and did a bunch of tests and found out that it was something else and it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't cancer. Lymphoma oh was my. cancer. Oh they scared my. that veteran and his family to death. But on the other oh hand, my. I know a veteran. I know a veteran that went to the ER. At our local VA, probably four or five or six times, I guess, in the period of a year, because he couldn't breathe, short of breath. 
And every time the ER doc looked at him, he said, well, you need to go home and lose some weight. You're fat. Oh. And uh, finally, in, uh, after the last time, uh, they got one of the employees to go with him, and uh, he helped out. They got him a chest X-ray and found out that uh, found out that his lung didn't work. Oh. So oh. you know you you got to stay on them. You got to have some. You know, if you know somebody yeah. there, it's easier to it's easier to get help and care. But they don't do enough. No, they don't. They don't. Yeah, uh, really. they, I, I I think a lot of the VA doctors. I think they've got some very good ones. But I think they're, a lot of them are just burned out, or they're just, um, or they're negligent. And the funny thing about an independent medical opinion, John, I think a lot of people don't want to think about it because it might cost them money. Uh, but the thing is, even if the opinion does not find anything that was malpractice, for the money, you've got peace of mind. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, you know, people have work? to look at it that way. What's that yeah, worth? Peace, you know, of peace of mind. Yeah, that, you know, that, that's and, worth plenty. Well, I know this one veteran that we were talking about opening the show up, you know, he went down and had a spot on his lung, and they kept fiddling, farting around with it. Excuse my French. They kept fiddling, fiddling, wouldn't do anything. And they kept oh, talking about uh, they, they they blamed another issue for the reason they couldn't do, uh, do his biopsy on his lung. And he finally went outside at the urging of a lot of his friends and, uh, he went outside and found he had lung cancer. So it's very, oh. you know. Oh my god! Oh my god! A bad situation. Yeah, that happens. That happens all too often. Yeah. He ought to have a he ought to have a major league tort claim. I would. Boy. So. I would. Yeah. So. Uh, and yeah. there's no excuse for it, Murda. There is no, no. acceptable excuse. No. No, there isn't, Gerald. You know, these are uh, professionals that are paid a great deal of money. Yes, and ma'am. the service, uh, you know, you men and women, your service is what gave them the job in the first place at the VA. Right. So you think you would think that they would be um, superb with every single veteran and completely thorough. But uh, they really don't take the time. That's why it's so important to have your family your family yeah, unit yeah. involved in your health care, as Absolutely. well as your medication. Don't forget your medication comes into all this, too. But but your yeah, health care, yeah. whenever you go to the ER or something, be sure you have your uh, veteran to take your spouse or another yeah, family yeah. member that's, uh, especially if they've had any medical practice, uh, nurse or even nurse aides better than, than you know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of things. Uh, at least they have a general knowledge, and if they can detect anything that just don't sound right. Uh, yeah. Uh, like if you're in the VA, leave there and go down to a regular ER hospital and say, here's the yeah. symptoms yeah. I have and here's what I'm doing. <laughs> so what, you get a bill. Tell yeah. them well, to yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not... Not doing enough can also cause problems too, because I know Berta's husband Rod, uh, uh, he had diabetes, and I guess they didn't even tell, they, they didn't even know they had it, you know, and that it contributed to nope. his death in Berta. Yeah, but they service so, connected him for his death. Yeah. Not a single. Yeah. Uh, there were some odd entries, but that claim, uh, that that research I did was very difficult. And my daughter was in the service when she started telling me, "Mom, I think Dad had diabetes." She was looking at symptoms he had, uh, John, uh, and a girlfriend mm-hmm. of mine had who had died of diabetes. Yeah. But I was in this, you know, you get locked in. Well, VA never said he had it, so I guess he didn't. Then it hit me. The coroner asked me three times if he had diabetes. And I said, no, because I had no proof that he did. Well, when I put all that the puzzle piece together of all that, that's when I filed the claim. And uh, but that's when I got Doctor Bash because uh, I figured they accepted my medical evidence, a lay opinion, to win the FTCA case. I, I'm not the average person to deal with, though. I started dealing with the general counsel, and that was all the difference in the world. Uh, yeah. But for this diabetes claim, uh, that's why I got uh, 
Dr. Bash's opinion, too, because I wanted it to support what I had found out. I just didn't want to take a chance of saying, well, you're not a doctor, uh, so whatever you say, even if it's true, <laughs> you know, and uh, I was really glad I did. And then, of course, his IHD, uh, Agent Orange, claimed that I won in 2012. Uh, I had no medical opinion for that at all. That also was it. never, huh? You did it in 2012. You really didn't need it because the presumptions were, were set, you know. Um, before then, though, you would have had to have a strong opinion because they didn't want to service nothing in Vietnam, except for Nemer, you know. Then they added yeah. the IHD and the other leukemia yeah. and Parkinson's to the list. Yeah. 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 I expect a holistic growth, too, in time, John. Well, guys, if, if you're a Vietnam veteran and you served in country in Vietnam, and it doesn't matter how old you are, if you've got atherosclerosis or anything of that nature, that's ischemic and that should be service-connected. Yeah, yeah. You said the key word, atherosclerosis and ischemia. Uh, Now, ischemia can... Diabetes can cause ischemia of the heart as well as of the brain. Uh, And ischemia basically is atherosclerosis, you know? That's what it is. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think a lot of uh, people read your medical records and really don't know. I mean, my neighbor, she's had three stents put in her heart and everything else, and she cannot even tell me what's wrong with her because she doesn't know what what those words mean. But luckily, she gets great care, (laughs) and she's in her late 70s, and she's still kicking, and she can't wait to do yard work uh, this summer. So she doesn't have to know. But, you know, but still, if you if you guys if you guys have blood work done and they test your cholesterol and if your triglycerides are high, yeah, that is a precursor. Yeah. You guys need to you need to have you know you need at least get an echo. Yes, triglycerides high. Yeah. that is a marker. You're get right, an echo. John. That's a marker. So you need to be yeah, careful. You, and get an echo. Yep, you are our cardiac guru and have it, <laughs> uh, and you're right. And an echo says a lot. I couldn't believe the results that were on my husband's echo when he finally got one. I couldn't believe right. it. Uh, well, and, and, you know, I mean, the, he, he was in extremely bad shape. You know, it's it, it just... Uh, but, you know, but they breezed over that echo like it was nothing and told me there was nothing wrong with his heart. It yeah, wasn't well, until that's... I saw that echo that I knew. Mm-hmm. Well, don't forget, okay... Um, there's different types of testing to to uh, actually diagnose that. <laughs> uh, so if you do have an echo or any test that's ultrasound echo, and you know it's just it's a signal, it's a transducer shooting a signal through your body, and it's picking up, uh, you know, you're picking up readings on the, on that signal on the screen. And you see that. Well, the technicians have gotten pretty good at, you know, looking at things and measuring and doing this and that. But if you have an echo and you don't think it's correct and you're having problems, a good cardiologist will go ahead and give you a heart cath. Yeah. And a heart cath, that's that's the boss test for anything dealing with your heart or even your lung, too. You can do an angiogram. Yeah. But, uh, boy. Yeah, that test overrides the echo. So whatever the measurements taken in a heart cath is an actual measurement. The measurements taken during the echo is a guess. So not all echoes are accurate, and that's yeah. the reason the heart, you know. But the way insurance companies and the VA does it too, uh, for cost control, they decide, well, let's do the echo first and see, you know. And then they see something that might follow yeah. up with a, with, with a cath. That- but, uh that's what I was wondering the cost factor because I don't see many uh, vets that have it that have had the uh, any results from the um, uh, they'll have maybe echo results but the uh, heart catheter is that what catheterization people when the heart doctor does a catheterization on you he's just like he's just like a sports caster at a baseball game he does play by play he says I inserted this huh. tube did this and this and this get the whole report. As you can see what the guy's yeah. playing with and what he finds. Yeah. That's yeah. the most important thing that you can get your hands on right. that report. It's got your pressures, it's got everything. And if you're yeah, sort of, if you're right. service neck for lung disease, 
And ah. so you draw, if you've got 6% for lung disease, but you have a heart cath and it shows your pulmonary artery pressures are high, they're over 25 or 26, then uh, i got news hmm. for you. That's another issue. That's pulmonary hypertension. Wow. And under the lung ratings, that's 100% by itself. Boy, uh, really? I know, Boy. I know they did, uh, uh, when I first started going to the VA, they did that echo on me, but... They kept coming up with air because of of my uh, shaking and yeah. my Parkinson's, and they couldn't uh, get readings, proper readings. And uh, even after I started going to the outside doctors, uh, they tried to do one, and uh, as soon as they got an improper reading, and they said it was due to give you conscious sedation if you have to have it to calm you down for an echo. Well, yeah. Well, they didn't it's, not very, it's not very calm, but they could do that. So. Well, they didn't do it. Anyway, Especially as soon as they had trouble uh, here at the local hospital, they wheeled me right in and did our cath. Said, we, yeah. we ain't playing Boy. this game. And, yeah. uh, Boy. Uh, that's how they do it, though. I mean, they see something, they jump on it. That, that, that's what saves lives. rather than be wrong and do a test on me and realize there's nothing wrong in doing the test than oh, miss the Lord test and me did. die. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, do you, do you agree with that, Berta? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd rather than be wrong. But, uh, yeah. Uh, now, I've had uh, quite, quite a few tests that ruled out big problems. Yeah. How did you find? How, now, how did you find out, and, uh, and what documentation did you use to find out that Rod had diabetes? <clears throat> uh, the only documentation I had was his medical records. Uh, that was it. That was it. Uh, an autopsy cannot reveal diabetes. Uh, I studied endocrinology. I studied mm-hmm. cardiology and neurology, and I was convinced. Uh, it was uh, the it, it was a big puzzle, John. You know, it was a, mm-hmm. a, a big puzzle. The triglyceride readings, uh, he had high glucose readings, but they would put a little check mark by it on the medical record. The doctor would. Mm-hmm. They were not extraordinarily high reading, but still, mm-hmm. after I got the whole package together, you know, the diabetes criteria had changed. And the VA mm-hmm. endocrinologist was going by the newer criteria. And my point was, well, what good did that do my husband? Because it was the older criteria under which they could have discovered his diabetes. And Dr. Yeah, Bash did, agreed. Did they do the A1C test on him? Uh, uh, could you say that again? Uh, well, there's a test called the A1C. Oh, they never and did. What? Never, <clears throat> that, never did. Nope, I okay. never see uh, just regular glucose test maybe once every year or two years when he was an employee. Mm-hmm. And I never knew what the HB1AC was until I started doing research right. and then realized that the VA could have given that him that test uh, long ago and followed up mm-hmm. on it. But there are a mm-hmm. lot of markers to diabetes in a person's, um, med- like their blood chem reports, Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's a high glyceride tri- uh, trilogy, they call it. I forget. Mm-hmm. There are three particular readings that all go together. Uh, he, I, I even checked it. Uh, they used to call it the uh, uh, Astonalt tests, mm-hmm. which are also the SPGT, and then there's another SGOT. I didn't know what the heck that stuff meant. I researched you know, it. And I, have, you heard the, it, have you heard the recent information going on about diabetes? Uh, it might no. be good for you to research and check this. There's uh, some stories coming out, and uh, they're doing some research now, that certain statin medications, 
are actually uh, when they line your blood vessels and keep the uh, plaque from forming and stuff, they yeah. actually increase the risk of getting diabetes. Well, that's that's very interesting. That is, that's mm-hmm. very interesting. I read something today. Um, I guess it's from the CDC. It was in my email that they are now saying that high cholesterol does not necessarily have a link to heart disease. And when mm-hmm. I read that, I what are they talking about? They you, you, know who's in char- you know who's in charge of the CDC, don't you? <laughs> I know. I know. You, you just don't know why. But I'll tell you, uh, 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 the only medication I take, and I take two pills a week, is atorvastatin. Uh, my mm-hmm. cholesterol's pretty good, but it's it's a preventive um preventive uh, problems and it's had a real low uh, that's generic from Lipitor yeah and um, I I was worried about it because for a while there Lipitor was giving people all sorts of problems it probably still is but the thing is um, uh, I don't seem to have any uh, well I I have no heart disease or anything else and I've been on it for a couple years but this is stuff that's important John because Luckily, I have a doctor who knows I hate medicine. My theory is medicine will make me sick. <laughs> so, no, anytime you put chemicals in your body. Yeah. So, so uh, this is chemical science. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm on a low med of that, and, uh, and I've had no side effects. But, you know, I wanted to bring up something. Uh, uh, I wonder if you guys uh, are urged to pneumonia shot. The one at age sixty-five or older. Mm-hmm. I have mine now. Okay. I get one every five but, years. Yeah. Well, Friday I got the Prevac thirteen pneumonia shot. Okay. Because my pneumonia shot was three or four years old, and this is mm-hmm. the new thing they're talking about on TV. And here I am sitting there in my doctor's office trying to figure out what I wanted to ask her was about that. But she went over, uh, it was the uh, Medicare checklist. You guys are probably familiar where they ask all the Medicare questions. And she mentioned uh, the pre- uh, pre- Prevar 13 shots. Mm-hmm. So I went and I got it Friday. I figured I'm not taking any chances. But uh, I wonder if the VA is, um, you know, giving uh, every patient there a pneumonia shot and now making a Prevac shot. I think they've got a protocol for that for certain patients. Yeah, you know, but why not for all patients over 65? Yeah. Uh, they would have to have, like, respiratory, heart ailments, uh, different ailments such as that, uh, I think. Uh, uh, because I was talking to my lung doctor at Muskogee, and, and we were discussing the uh, pneumonia shot. And he said, you know, that's really up in the uh, uh, up in the air right now. There's a lot of discussion about it. Some doctors believe you only need one throughout your whole life. And, yeah. Uh, he said others believe you need it every five years. And uh, so they're uh, still hacking that around. The last I knew of. Now. Yeah. Well, uh, my I local doctor quite a bit about uh, it. Yeah. And he told me, he, I said, what does the 13 mean on this shot? He said, this is for 13 strains of pneumonia that the first shot you got a few years ago did not cover. He said that oh. they found out that that, uh, that actual original pneumonia shot was not that um, good. It didn't do everything. Uh, yeah. Although, you know, there's so many types of pneumonia, it doesn't mean that the Prevor uh, 13 will prevent you from getting it, you know, if you get a shot at something that's not <laughs> covered by they the... Say, uh, they say uh, if you take it and you get it and you do get it, then it'll be a, a, it'll be a less severe case. Well, I would think so. I, and well, so That's why would, I've had it. It would be a wise decision to take that shot, would it not? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would... I, I, I sure didn't so. turn it down. I went right over there to Whiteman's. But it's sort of like a shingles shot. That's just like every year they come out with this flu, 
which I don't know how yeah. this is distributed, but, you know, there's something's in the air anyways. They come out with this, okay, let's, let's make a flu vaccine up. Well, folks, this year they swung and missed so bad that they lost the game because the flu shot this year is not very effective at all. No, no. 23% uh, effective yeah. is all. Uh, the pharmacist told me that, too, just Friday, uh, John. Mm-hmm. But he told me he's seen a lot of cases of flu in our area. But he yep. said, the thing is, most of those cases, they did not get any flu shot. Right. So it's, now, it's here's the kicker. Like <laughs> here's the kicker. The injection uh, flu shot is not effective. However, children are taking a, uh, I guess they call that a nasal rub or nasal yeah, mist. That's yeah. A lie, yeah, that's a live virus. That is a very, it's a, that right there is, is about, I don't know, maybe 70 or 80% more effective than the shot. Isn't that something? And that's what they're giving the kids, yeah. Yeah. So why not, you know, give that to uh, adults, too? Um, yep, so they should, I was, but, you know. Well, I was well, talking to a friend of mine, system. too, yesterday. Huh? Their immune system, Herda. Pardon me? Their immune system. system uh, they're not as strong as the kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's but why still they're is. just in it to... Uh, Children, I think. But yeah. that, if it's effective, it, well, you get everybody. Sense. Uh, yeah, that makes sense, Gerald. And of course, there's a lot of hoopla over the measles outbreak in our country. Yeah. And I mean, well, as I recall, I couldn't go to school until I had my shots for all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Me we neither. But uh, the things are different these days. Yeah, there but, were, that um, was brought up. That was brought up from. Uh, Another place, and I guess they all met at Disney World, and the person was active, yeah. and or Disneyland, I'm sorry, in California, and then that's where it all started. Yeah. So it's all, you know, you get out there, and you have it, and you get on them rides, and things like that, and, you know, you can get it, especially kids that haven't been, you know, that they haven't been vaccinated for it. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, uh, you know what, guys? Uh, uh, I, I, I was watching Fox News, there was a doctor on there, uh, just a few minutes before the show, and he uh, did um, a big research project on the subway system in New York where they uh, took uh, DNA swipings and all sorts of, um, collected all sorts of materials from all the bars and stuff that people touch in the subways. Uh, they, you know, wiped the walls down. He did a great big study on how much bacteria is in the subway system of New York. And what he found out is the bacteria that's in it is primarily harmless. And he did find evidence of bubonic plague in there, but it was not at a harmful level. It had already uh, outlasted itself, but it was there. <laughs> but <laughs> Which was pretty good news. But, you know, um, but and the funny thing is he did, he's a scientist and he did the study because he was worried about his daughter taking uh, buses and things like that, going to school, and then all the things kids touch in school and everything. But he figured, well, the subway system probably loaded with germs. And the reality was that he found that they weren't. It, you know, like, I mean, it's a pretty safe place to be, even though 5 million <laughs> people use it every day. But, but the important thing is he has a baseline study now He's going to publish it on the Internet for free. And uh, I, I thought that was pretty exciting uh, that somebody went to the trouble to do all that uh, because I'll tell you, uh, I I have a neighbor who all, his nose is always running, and if he comes over, <laughs> I get out my Clorox spray, and I spray uh, the door knob or anything that he touched. And I hate it when he needs to borrow my phone. <laughs> I spray it with Clorox. <laughs> But uh, uh, but for him, it's just the weather. And, and he lived in uh, Alaska when he was in the service. And he said his nose uh, ran for months at a time up there. So, <laughs> but uh, but we all have to be careful, you know, this time of the year. Okay, uh, so with that note, folks, if you're going to ride the subway in New York, go <laughs> to the medical supply store, buy you some surgeon's gloves, and wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, if you go to the grocery store, before you touch one of them buggy carts, put your gloves oh. on, wear a mask. Yeah. People are going to look at you kind of funny, but hey, you know, if they could, you'll be looking at them in the hospital one of these days. We have Always take care of yourself. Right. You're right. Uh, up here, the biggest market, it's called Tops Market. It's in Bath, New York. And for a couple of years, the minute you walk in, there's a little dispenser there of, of a wipe, uh, you know, yeah. a, a nine-tri-dressure wipe to wipe the uh, rung on the shopping cart. And I've seen people pick up two or three of them and wipe the whole thing down. And mm-hmm. I noticed this winter that those little handy wipes aren't in there anymore. But I keep that stuff in my car. And, yes. like, you know, hand washing is still the, the thing a person can do. And um, I think I think that'll make you know, all these grocery stores when a buggy returns. They have two separate yeah. rooms. When they bring the buggy back into the store, have have your line go in a room, and then yeah. have a steam jenny out there and have a burst <laughs> of steam hit all of them and and clean and, 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 and clean them all. That yeah, that's help. a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. But, you know, yeah, when we were kids, we were in a play yard. We were on seesaws. We were, you know, sitting in different desks. I mean, yeah. I don't think when I was a kid that people were that concerned about germs as they well, are it, now. It, 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 it wasn't that bad back then, Berta, because, I mean, you know, the yeah. the yeah, with the increase of everything going on now in the world, you know, uh, when we were kids, uh, you know, we didn't worry about that stuff. No, we have to worry about no. this stuff, but now you know Every, we've got uh, cultural diversity's got so involved that you know everybody's that's you know migrated here. You know you've got their cultural issues and you've got their their diseases and you've got stuff that's coming back. Like they measles, for example, yeah. that's supposed to be eradicated. Yeah. Uh, the mumps. Boy, who can yeah, tell? Boy. When I was a kid, I used to peel the old gum out from under the desk and chew it. Never made me sick. Yeah. Huh. Well, we know, Gerald, we know that now. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it's pretty good. <laughs> you better be careful because the VA could be listening. They might say your lung problems come from bubblegum you choose a kid. <laughs> oh, boy. Things sure have changed, though, guys. Uh, yeah, my daughter, changed, when she right. was, uh, when my daughter was home last, uh, last summer, uh, she bought me this little booklet somewhere uh, around here, one of the uh, tourist sites. Uh, it's for the Bath VA when it used to be a farm hospital. And, you know, it, and I love the Bath VA, even though for all they did wrong to my husband, they changed a lot. It, I consider it a good hospital, but it's a very limited hospital these days. And um, But it just amazes me because a lot of the... Uh, Veterans in the cemetery have been there from the Civil War days. Mm-hmm. And uh, the patients, as they recovered from their war injuries, would get out there and do the plowing and milking the cow and getting the hay cut. It was, they were self-sustained. They had to be. And, and they, they've got a little museum there, and it's got uh, all the dental equipment they used to use. And you look at this dentistry stuff, they use maybe even a hundred years ago, let alone the Civil War, and it, it is horrifying to see mm-hmm. some of the the surgical stuff they use. Is it amputation saw? Oh, yeah, I've seen a couple of them. Oh, yeah, scary. It looks like a scary. <laughs> Yeah. Just think of the anesthesia they had back then. Just think uh, of the anesthesia they had like back then. A couple shots of whiskey? Probably. Probably, you know. And of course, during the Civil War, saved a lot of lives. Well, the Civil uh, War was the first. The, the Civil War was the first episode of uh, mass amputations and things like that because oh God, those yeah. muskets, yeah, and that's where they got you know the uh, the at least they had the technology at the time you know to stop somebody's bleeding and cut his leg off. You know, Boy. at least the guy lived. So you know, yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, yep, and uh, you know, so now, but you look at military casualties now. You know, you have a lot more folks surviving with a lot more horrific events because, well, the Geneva Convention makes everybody use uh, full metal jacket ammunition. You know, and you get a lot of through and through wounds. And, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. In previous wars it wasn't that way. So, but <clears throat> still, 
they think it's better to wound a soldier than to kill him because it takes two to three soldiers to get him off the battlefield. Yeah, 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 so, that's a good you know, point. That's, uh, yeah. They say in Vietnam most of the soldiers were probably about a half an hour away from a medic, mm-hmm. even if they were in the field because of all the uh, helicopters. You know, with, uh, what a benefit that was to have uh, helos transporting the wounded. Uh, well, uh, but then again, that meant that you got a lot of catastrophically wounded mm. uh, soldiers that had to be treated right away and shipped home. And, oh, and yes, in another yeah. war, they would have been dead. You know, they would have been dead. Yeah. Uh, uh, my husband's commander, I mean, it's one, it was one of his stressors. Uh, he he told them he'd keep them all alive in Vietnam, and they called him the old man. And one day I said, honey, how old was the old man? He said 25. Well, heck, yeah. they were all 17 and 18-year-old kids, you know. So, of course, yeah. he was the old man. And uh, he took a lot of, uh, uh, they ripped right through him uh, with gunfire. Um, mm-hmm. One day it was horrible, and uh, my husband uh, was there to put him in the body bag. He was pronounced dead, and they got him on a chopper. And he was one of my husband's biggest stressors. And then when we went to the wall in Washington, we found out the guy was not on the wall. He actually survived. And we asked the VA to help us find him because my husband wanted to, you know, just would have loved to have uh, talked to him again. Uh, And, of course, um, maybe he died uh, after uh, the wall was put up in Washington. But still, Mm -hmm. his name would have been registered somewhere as dead. Mm -hmm. But it just goes to show, and then my husband said, oh, my gosh, it's one of my stressors. I told the VA he died. Uh, they'll think I'm lying. Well, they never questioned. Well, he had so many stressors, they never even questioned that. Well, come back um, stressor in itself, Berta. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and folks ain't realizing that. Huh? Sorry, folks, you're not realizing that, that you know the VA is asking you for stressors. No, you got to do if you've got a combat action badge or whatever you're actually in combat, that should be your stressor on its own grounds. Yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> uh, he never had any problems. We don't even know what stressors they did uh, 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 figure out. Uh, well, they, well, they they diagnosed him. Well, the first stressor that he had, a psychiatrist at the VA knew of the incident in Vietnam because he was in the field with the Marines that had volunteered for the same horrible event. Mm. And right away, he diagnosed uh, Robert PTSD and verified that stressor. And, and yep. that's that's the only thing that happened to Rod as a VA patient that went okay. I mean, he never yeah. knew a dream of walking into a VA hospital and here you're getting a buddy statement from... Uh, a, a shrink who works for the VA who could verify mm-hmm. that you had information that only the volunteers in that horrible event had. And he knew right away. Yeah. He said, no doubt in my mind. He said, you were there. He said, I was there too. And he was there to treat some of the vets, the, the, the Marines, that went a little bit freaked out right after this job was done. They immediately freaked yeah. out over it. Uh, my husband well, was already at the point where he was holding everything in. And, um, yeah, well, you know, it's dangerous yourself. You know, you can, if you hold it in, you yeah, gotta get it out. It's, yeah, you know. it, it's horrible. It's, it's a horrible, insidious disease, John. Uh, I, I've actually met people over the years that say, oh, I don't believe in PTSD in this. And, uh, I want to give them. PTSD. Just watch the news. You see PTSD every day. You see something happens. Somebody, somebody with yeah. it. You know, don't have to be military. Somebody does. You know, look what happened in Georgia the other day. You yeah. know, anything's possible. Uh, I think. Yeah. Our system needs to do a better job. For example, of screening people for this type of issues. Because I mean, you got these guys going out and just shooting stuff up and thing. You know, then you know there's something wrong. And uh, yeah. something's got to. You know, we need a screening process or something. Something's got to be done. And they're blaming everything on the weapons, but it's not the weapons' fault. You know, you got to have the weapons got to be shot by by a human being. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. it's just I mean, it's, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of issues. I well, uh, have more more support back home. The VA yeah. has to 
be more aggressive in their support of the returning veterans. Yeah. We're not getting that. And not only the veterans, but their family unit, too. I think the family unit has has much too long been uh, overlooked, and they they need to be better addressed because it's not just the veteran. It's the whole family unit. The whole family, yeah. And and that's so critical. That's so critical. You know, I mean, once you see something horrific is what these guys have seen. I mean, it goes back in history, you know, back to the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, especially, especially the guys that uh, were doing the uh, what do you call them, those incinerators or those uh, flamethrowers? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And that was pretty horrific because you know you stick that thing in a cave and fry everybody, you know, take all the yeah. oxygen out of the air. Then the Pacific right. was worse because uh, you know the Japanese didn't want to give up, you know, they fought to the death. Yeah. And, uh, well, know, they have so the suicide uh, mentality. The suicide, uh, like yeah, that, that was the Bish- Bishido Code, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. true. They're all that, and all of a sudden, the Americans want to win, and they want to be alive. <laughs> the Japanese yeah. would be willing to, um, well, be on these suicide missions. Yeah, uh, they did. Yeah, I mean, uh, which is not but, unlike 9-11 when you think about it. Well, it's all the old Bushido code, but 9-11 was a little different, too. I mean, they're, those radicals yeah. were taught that, uh, you know, if they die in in doing something like that, then, they, you know, then I guess they get to go be with Isla and they get so many virgins or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know. But that's true. I mean, that's what they think. So, you know, if they want to do that, uh, it's we should appease them. Yeah. Well, yeah. They want to do it. Let them stay home and do it. Now. Yeah. Well, not if they want to do it. You know, if they all have that mentality, then you know, that's you know, it's always to give them a good nudge and help them go. Oh, I yeah, know. It's just, but I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's it's so sad that we have people that think in those terms that we do. Uh, you know, I mean, I feel sorry for the young generation. You know, you look at your own kids and things like that, and you say, well. What kind of world do they have to live in, you know, and and yeah. how, how it works out, you know, because you know, you Bird's got a pretty, you know, her daughter's pretty young, and you know, and I've got a young, and, you know, Gerald's got kids, Stretch's got kids and grandkids, yeah, so, you know, what kind of world are they going to grow up in now, you know? I mean, even though we right. fought and uh, you know, and we've tried to keep the peace among the world, you know, the veterans are are dying breed. I mean, they, yeah. you know, we're dying off every day. Over two hundred veterans a day are dying. Boy. So, uh, Boy. and it's just, it's sad. And you know, with the cuts in the military now, you know, they're cutting back so bad that it, we're, we're now before uh, post-World War II levels now. Maybe World War One. you know, when Boy, something was to happen, here we are. We're yeah. reactive again. That's the problem. Uh, folks, that's something that you should look at, too, when you, do your, when you get your information together. Say if you go to... The hospital, be proactive, don't be reactive, you know, ask questions. Yeah. Uh, and if you if you understand and learn while you're doing that, you know, you know, it makes things go a lot better and a lot faster. Now, remember, when you go to this VA hospital and you go to the, and you make, or you go to your appointment with your VA doctor, there's a set time limit he's allowed to spend with you. That's part of mass-produced medicine. Well, it's the same thing in every, every medical culture. So, yeah. you know, there's going to be things slip through the cracks. So always ask your questions. And, uh, you know, make sure, always be proactive, because if you don't be proactive and then you see something later on, then you're going to become reactive. Same thing yeah. in world events, you know. We can't be reactive, you know, like we were reactive when they attacked Pearl Harbor, and look what happened to us. It yeah. took us three years to get back on our feet. We were reactive on 9-11, you know, we were shooting the thing that moved. So we need to be proactive. That's 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 we need to get rid of the reactive you know structure, and it's and just you know, but that's John, the American way. That's that's the problem yeah. with a, a lot of claims too, because mm-hmm. the claims need more information there uh, to be developed. And, and let's face it, we, those claims are judged by the medical evidence. That's so right. that's another reason is, you know that you really know what you're doing because. Uh, and like the schedule of, of ratings, 
I can't mm-hmm. believe how many times I've told veterans go there, check your diagnostic code, see if the rating's right, because the vet, you know, you know disabilities get worse. Uh, a, a Lucas, 20% can, you know can I, you can can I give you a little insight on something you're right about evidence okay but don't be confused that's it evidence does win your claims but the problem is not your evidence mostly if your evidence is good evidence it's the VA's the regional office's own interpretation of that evidence and yeah. how they see it that's the problem and how their that's doctors, cool. who they pay, see it in the mm-hmm. exam. And that, oh, that has I, always been the problem. <laughs> I've seen Raiders go against doctors, Berta. <laughs> Boy, I, I, I tell you, I've seen some weird stuff in CMPs, too, John, you know. I mean, the minute you walk into a CMP, the VA's paying that person, you know. Mm. I mean, they're going to put down anything, and I think they'll be really outrageous stuff. But then again, mm. this is the outrageous stuff the veterans have to fight back <laughs> on right away. Or however so, they say this, they write you the pain, even though you was, observed, you was examined by this doctor on a visual basis, this doctor's legally blind. <laughs> 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 Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, but it's getting better. I think it's getting better. It won't be perfect for uh, in my lifetime anyway until they tear it down, yeah. rebuild it, and start start over. And, uh, you've raised a very important, issue. These are important points that you've raised today, John, and they can't be yes. said, you know, they, they need to be repeated. <laughs> now, folks... If you've got an appointment at the VA hospital, and say you're in your, you know, you're up in years, you've got a wife or a family member to go with you to the hospital, it's always good to take a younger person with you, especially a granddaughter or a grandson that, you know, is, you know, if they're in their 20s or 30s or whatever, you know, that can help you. Because sometimes information, you know, is passed and, Two heads are better than one. Yeah. yeah. Always, you know, because that's that's what you need to do, and you need to make sure because especially if you've got a claim going, you go to a C&P exam. Of course, you go to a C&P exam, they're not, they're not going to let nobody go in a room with you. And, uh, of course, I, you know, I've never seen it happen. Nobody's ever been in with me, you know, but uh, you're kind of on your own there because you're at the mercy of the examiner. Mm. But... Yeah. Always make sure somebody's with you. Always get a second opinion because it's that's imperative. That's it's imperative because even though if they tell you you've got a life threatening condition, you know, it's always better to get a second opinion. Uh if they tell you that uh you know, you've got a kidney disease and uh they tell you, you don't qualify for a transplant list or something like that, you know, if you want a transplant, that's when you definitely seek a second opinion. Yeah. 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 You know, always. Because even though you know you're, you're doing your dialysis or whatever in a kidney transplant, even if you don't have insurance, it's better to go out there and, and get it get it outside and pay for it or whatever it takes. Because Boy. the bottom line here, folks, is to wake up in the morning. That's the bottom line. The happiest day of my life is when I wake up every morning. Yep. everything they do, and, and this is not just picking on the VA. I mean, if you go into a regular hospital outside of the VA, I recommend doing, being the same way. Question everything. Question right. everything. Every pill. Every yep. pill they give you, you want to know what that pill is. I don't care if they, I'm, when I'm in the hospital, they repeat Every time they give me a pill, because I'm mad. Right now, Joe made a good point. If you get new pills, new medicines, ask them at the hospital. If they tell you if they won't tell you, or if they're too busy to tell you, get that list together and get home. Call your local Walgreens or local pharmacy. Ask to speak uh, to a pharmacist. Ask exactly. them what it does. 
That's what I do. They're more adept to know than the people at the VA, or about wherever you go. Last time I was in the hospital, they gave me pills, and I got home, and I found out they were so damn deadly, I wouldn't even take them. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, well, I'm still hearing about that deal. But anyway, uh, be careful, folks. Scrutinize your medicine. If there's any concern... Any concern, take it up with your performances, your doctors, uh, whoever you have to. Know what you're putting in your body. That's true. Folks, I want to ask everybody listening to uh, keep uh, stretching your prayers. He's going through a battle right now that uh, it's going to be a hard battle to win, but I believe he'll win. And uh, everybody, drop my line if you can, say hello or whatever it takes, just to, to support him through this hard time. You know, of course, it's uh, Stretch has been our technician for a long time on the show. I think we've probably done what over a thousand shows, Joe. Uh, we've done a few. Yeah. So. And uh, Stretch has always been there. He's been a good. Advocate for veterans, he's, he's uh, you know, uh, some people are in the background working while others are out front. Uh, just cause you don't and the pay's real front. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we were talking about giving them a raise this summer. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Put another decimal front of the zero. <laughs> <laughs> if he don't straighten up, he's going to be gone our dinner. <laughs> We're going to get Berta a raise, too. <laughs> yeah, Berta, Berta deserves a raise. Uh, Berta's worked hard, and Berta's a wonderful person. Uh, uh, yep, so but we can't... you all know, Haddon is really blessed to have someone of her caliber uh, uh, come on there and help with the different claims she does. Uh, she, yep. It, it, it's just... She's not showed the respect she deserves, I don't think. Folks, this lady's educated, too. She's one of the few females I've ever known that graduated from, was it the AMU, Berta? Yeah, but, uh, well, I don't know. It didn't. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Berta. I think it's, oh. yeah. I think yeah, the, the show was going in and out. Is there any status yeah. on Mike Sasser? He's uh, doing his uh, his uh, chemo stuff, and he's doing. Uh, Boy. So he, he, that's Boy. where he's at. So he's he, he's here today. He's on. He, he's in the background today. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Boy, that's a lot to go through. Yeah, I had five. I had five strokes. I just slipped to the cracks. Yeah. Oh, gee. According Boy. to the doctor, Tricky. I slipped. You didn't slip through the cracks, son. That was a damn fault that opened up, sucked you down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was Boy. a <laughs> Yeah, that was a total mishandle of your situation, in my opinion. Boy, boy. But, uh, I'm sure he stretches working on getting it fixed, though. Good. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, but... Uh, I'm feeling better every time I go through that chemo. I'm I'm surprised that chemo works out so good. Oh, it does? Good stuff. Yeah. 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 Good, good. That's wonderful. Yeah, he didn't waste no time with him either. He was in there the next day. Yeah. Boy. Three days in a row. Well, well. But uh, that's an issue, folks. I mean, that's... Yeah, like I said, always make sure that you know you know what's going on with your health care. If you fall through the cracks or you think you're falling through the cracks, get outside and do something else. Get some help. Don't wait. Get some assistance. Get what's some really crazy is you. whenever they tell you you're falling through the cracks. Oh, he just got lost somewhere in his shuffle work. Right in their paperwork they say that. Boy. Well, we don't want to do Boy. this test because you've got something else going on, you know, things like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Tell them to make results and no excuses. Yeah. 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 That's the bottom line. Well, guys, we got 30 seconds left. So I want to thank you guys for coming on. 
Well, thank you, Berta, for uh, coming on and helping us out. We appreciate everything you do. And you, well, same I don't here, Scott. I, I, I want you to join us as much as you can. Gerald, yeah. thank you for putting your insight in, buddy, on the Sebastian show there. We appreciate it. My God, I'm proud to be here. And Stretcher, thank you for what you do, too, buddy. Okay, thank you. With that, this will be Jay Basher. We'll be signing off for now. You have been listening to the Basher Hour. The Basher Hour is brought to you by Hadit.com. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Okay. See you later, Gerald. Okay, be careful, Mike. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye, Berta and John.